public relations, by definition, is earned coverage. If you want to pay to place that, that becomes an advertorial and that's advertising. So that's one part for me that is really, I feel like I'm constantly educating and dispelling these myths about PR because what we do is it's relationships. You're listening to the Let's Talk Marketing podcast hosted by me, Katya Allison. So what have you gotten yourself into? In short, a good time, great conversation, and a little bit of learning along the way. Through insightful interviews with top marketers, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, I explore the latest trends, techniques, and strategies in the world of marketing. I'm here to offer you engaging and informative discussions to help you stay up to date on the latest trends and take your marketing skills to the next level. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to chat. Are you ready to listen? In today's episode, we are going to cover public relations with Bonnie Taylor, a true veteran in the marketing and communications industry. She has comprehensive experience across many sectors, including food and beverage, hospitality, and retail, and currently is Partner and Chief Vice Communications and Strategy Officer on the Talent Resources team. In her time, she's spearheaded the creation of the communications division, which has now become the agency of record for brands such as The Athlete's Foot, Jordan's Skinny Mixes, The Children's Place, Swanson WIO, and countless others. So basically, she knows her stuff, my friends. So listen up. Let's talk marketing with Bonnie Taylor. Bonnie, welcome to the Let's Talk Marketing podcast. I'm really excited to have you on. You were a guest in my previous podcast. So I'm excited that you raised your hand as well, too. And this one's going to be a little different. I'm going to dive right into getting to know you a little bit better. And we've got our semi-rapid fire questions because I'm going to allow for space for us to talk in between all of the questions. Are you ready for it? I am so ready. Fantastic. So what was your first marketing role? My very first like official marketing job was I was a promoter for a nightclub in Las Vegas. Yes. <laughs> Got to hear everything. And I was constantly learning how to pitch and get people involved and get guest lists built and sell tables and stuff very quickly. I love it. And I probably should have led with the fact that we're even going to be talking about PR today. That's our strategy. That's our Let's Talk Marketing strategy today. So I apologize for that. But like, I want to mention it now because I think that next question is, what is your current marketing role or what is your current role right now? I'd like to see the growth of all of that. Yeah. So I am a newly named partner and chief communications and strategy officer at Talent Resources. What does that mean? I basically oversee the entire strategy of forward thinking direction of the agency, everything that we're doing across all divisions. And then I also created and I lead our entire PR division. So all of our retainer clients, all of the pitching new business, any of our venture deals. So anything that's externally coming from the agency, plus our internal comms, is something that I have my hands on all of it. I love it. And I know that you've got some really great news as well, too, to share in regards to your current position and where you guys are at. Yeah. So we were just named by the Financial Times, the top 500 fastest growing companies for 2023. And it was an award that is so passionate to me because they look at 2018 numbers versus 2021 numbers, that competitive growth. I started with talent versus in 2020. And right away when I started, I kickstarted the PR division, which has now grown to a seven figure net revenue business, amazing retainer clients, building major brands. So to see 
the strategic shift of the mindset, the growth of our company from 2018, where I was a client of Talent Resources, to now we've re-strategized, we've reconfigured, have a clear-cut definition of where we want to go and what we're doing, yeah. and see that positive growth. And the trajectory is insane. And then watching the numbers since then have just kind of skyrocketed. So it's been amazing. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, I love that there was that, that amount of growth in the season of COVID. I don't know if we say we're post-pandemic or not, just because we're all out and about because it is still there. But I also think from a PR perspective, that's huge to see that something grew. There were a lot of different areas that grew. So it was really interesting that PR was an area, especially for the group, that not only you started, but you grew. Like it wasn't a stagnant thing. So that's phenomenal. It was one of those things where I came in with a different mindset. I watched what every other PR agency was facing, right? They're asking staff to take pay cuts. They were doing layoffs. They were holding clients to 12-month retainer contracts. The clients couldn't pay because of what was happening in the world. So I came in with a very different perspective and said, let's start taking on project basis, three months at a clip, three, six, 12. You know, we're there when you need us. We'll pull back when we're not. And that kind of took off. And we do have a lot of 12-month retainer clients. But we have some clients that are like, based on marketing budget, are let's side six months at a time and then review. So we always give, you know, a 60 yeah. to everybody. But we want to be that true extension of their marketing team. We want to be that strategic partner that is there, can help, and can provide a multitude of services, whatever they may need. I may have a PR client, but they're like, hey, our graphic designer's on sick. Can your designer help it? Yes, I've got you. I bring in the influencer team or experiential events team or media buyer, our in-house social team. We truly want to be that asset and that arm because there is so much uncertainty, right? We never know what's going to happen. I have a bank client that's dealing with some crazy uncertainty right now. How can we be the best partner for you in the physical moment? I love that. You know, I created these questions so we could get to know you. I should just put my question on the shelf so that we don't skip ahead. Okay, well, let's talk about what do you love about what you do? What do you love about it? But also opposite, what would you pluck out of it? So first, what do you love about what you do? I love the energy. I have built a team of experts in the industry. I have two people, my two directors, each own their own PR agencies that are now working for me on East Coast and West Coast. So I love the seniority. I love that we get to be super creative and can make magic happen it's so funny. Like I have a list every day. I need to cross things off. Like I'm a physical satisfaction gratification. To be able to take a crazy idea, execute it, secure the coverage, and then drive revenue for the client. Like to me, I love it. It's such a high for me. It's just like planning events, right? We plan an event, you plan it for yeah. months, activate, you walk away, you see those hits and you're like, wow, we did this. I love it. It's cathartic almost, right? Like a good CrossFit. Not that I've ever done CrossFit, but I've seen it on social media and it looks intense. <laughs> What would you pluck out of it? So I think it's the perception of PR, right? What we do is all earned. <laughs> and it's earned versus paid, right? So when we're in a new business pitch, and a lot of people, they're always here, I know I need PR, I need PR, I need PR. They don't understand. And it's like, well, how many places are you going to guarantee? Or how many do this? And I go, well, no, earned media, and I will never put this in a contract because public relations, by definition, is earned coverage. If you want to pay to place that, that becomes an advertorial, and that's advertising. So that's one part for me that is really, I feel like I'm constantly educating and dispelling, you know, dispelling these myths about PR because what we do is it's relationships. They are our proprietary relationships with media. We are 
talking to them all the time. What stories are you writing? What are we doing? We're reconfiguring our pitch angles to make sure that our clients are putting their best foot forward. So I think it's hard when you get on a call and you're so excited about a brand and the opportunity to pitch them the business. And they're like, well, what's my guaranteed ROI? And I was like, if you want guaranteed ROI, let me introduce you to my paid media specialist or influencer. Same thing. You know, by securing that influencer, they're going to have the product. They're going to get X amount of impressions. We know the engagement rate. It's guaranteed. PR is not guaranteed. So that's the tricky downfall of what we do. I kind of like that hot topic of like influencer is guaranteed because I think so often it's not always guaranteed. And that's where people aren't able to double down and say, oh, let's do that. But it's the same when it comes to PR. And we will definitely dive into that because I feel so strongly about that as well, too, when you can't directly attribute that one thing, then you are left like then Now part of the job as a marketer is having to educate on what your domain is. It's an uphill battle and luckily you love it, which is fantastic. Now let's talk social media. What are your go-to social media networks for inspiration, entertainment, and education? Not sure if they're all the same. For me, it's a mixed bag and it depends on the day that you ask me. So what's your go-to social media network as far as inspiration? Where do you go for inspiration? I'm a kind of a hybrid because I have like the same apps on my phone and I'm checking them for different reasons at different times. So I love how people storytell on Facebook and they send messages and you go this. So I love that people are not afraid to write how they're feeling. Same thing as LinkedIn. People have become a little bit more robust with how they're expressing themselves and their opinions and leadership. So I love to dive into that to see who's excelling in the industries. What are trends? What difficulties are other people who work in agencies navigating, you know, as with their clients and experiences? So for me, like Facebook and LinkedIn, it's almost I get similar vibes from those because I'm also in a lot of professional groups on Facebook that don't exist in some of these other platforms. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So entertainment wise, I am constantly down TikTok rabbit holes. I love Instagram because I love the content. I love watching feeds. I love how you see people engaging on Instagram. Like what is growing? What is the trend? TikTok has been fun to just play. Like I'm very much a voyeur of TikTok is how I view it. And I'll post like randomly. And I've had some things take off a little bit. And I'm just like surprised when they do. But it's usually like posting with my kids. Like We did the fruit roll up challenge the other day. And like I was like, oh, all these people like think it's as funny as I do. Like, okay, like my kid is funny. <laughs> but I love that piece of it. Like the pure entertainment that you're scrolling and you don't realize it's been an hour. And you're like, oh, well, wait a minute. Yes, absolutely. It's also not a heavy commitment as well, too. It's so great if you have like five, 10 minutes, right? Or if you're waiting for something to load on your computer, if you're waiting in line, it's like the best. Now, where do you go for some education? So I am definitely diving into the deep world of podcasts. For me, I love, love, love to listen to podcasts. So a lot of times I'll be looking at recommendations like in some of these Facebook groups that I'm in for like where to go. Yeah. But LinkedIn for sure is definitely an education piece. I am a member of certain professional organizations and I find that we have a hub on LinkedIn. There's constant conversations. Here's what to do. Here's thought. And it opens my eyes a lot of times for shifting perspective of, or if this person changes, like why? What are you doing? What are you looking for? What happened? What was the resonance? Like, why did you do it? So I find I get a my why from the LinkedIn storytelling, Facebook professional groups. Well, I love that you said also podcasts as well. It's the whole reason that I wanted to do the podcast to begin with, right? Because we're all getting inspiration, education, and entertainment from one another. And if we can walk away with a nugget, that's a total win. 
I love that. And then the final question in getting to know you, how do you stay up to date on trends? I would imagine for PR, your mind has to be a constant RSS feed is what I would assume. Yeah. Oh, all my friends look at me be like, what's going on in this celebrity world? What's this? I think it's I've been a pop culture junkie since I was a child. I've always been a fan and obsessed. I just love everything. So I am constantly watching every show. I'm watching every trend. My husband laughs at me because we couldn't be more polar opposite in like what our Netflix choice. Like, I have a subscription to every paid TV channel. I am scrolling all day long. I go in those rabbit holes. I want to know what's happening, where it's happening. I think it's the inquisitive nature of myself. Like I studied criminal justice and I love investigation techniques. And I'm like, no, everything. It's I love being this resource of pop culture for my friends. But also when I see something that I know my team can run with, I'll be like to the talent division, hey, heard about this rumor. What do you guys think about it? What are you seeing? My second week out on the job, Cheer had just come out on Netflix. And I was in a meeting. You don't understand. Like, I really think there's something here. I think we need to find out immediately. Our talent team connected with the cast members and we were able to close a deal with some clients within two and a half weeks. So it's about jumping on in that moment and the cultural relevancy and kind of having that vibe of who's going to take off. I don't know. It's like a gut feeling for me, but I have this obsession. So it sounds like you go down the social media rabbit hole across networks and then really keen on your streaming services, it sounds like, too, to know where it could potentially pop, what it could potentially hit. And I think like Netflix, especially right now, Hulu somewhat, but really Netflix has it so dialed in. And the people that are also leveraging influencers to maximize the shows on Netflix, I feel like that's a whole podcast episode. But like I met the creator of the platform Facts, which is like the new TMZ. And connected with Nick. We ran in circles years ago together, but then reconnected at Super Bowl and saw what one post of his with this influencer who showed up at our party, our Rolling Stone event, and it went insane and went everywhere. And then it crossed over and there's Reddit boards about this. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Those real time on my phone, it's like I have facts, TMZ and the e-online app, the e-news app. And I'm checking those all day long. Oh my God, I'm going to write it down and those are going to be my new apps there. This is how I'm going to stay up to date. Every conversation we have moving forward will be like an RSS feed as well too. An RSS feed review. Okay, so let's dive into, let's talk marketing. Let's talk PR. So how would you say PR has really evolved in the time that you've just been in the industry? I would imagine like with influencers like you just spoke about, it looks different. Like I went to school and my degrees in PR and so vastly different. Even two years after I graduated, it was so vastly different. And now with the world of digital media, I mean, I would imagine you've seen an incredible evolution. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So the one thing that's never changed from day one of PR is relationships. PR is about personal relationships and connecting with the reporters, with the editors to know what their beat is, what they want, and pitching them effectively. I feel like if anything were to stay the same, that's the old Facebook, right? It's really about who you know and how to make their life easier. That's how I view it. I remember my first PR job was photocopying clips to bind an actual clip binder because that had to be delivered to a client or mailed to the client. They needed a physical clip book. And you think about it now and you're like, oh my God, like the amounts of paper reads you should go through and have binding materials to press it. And it was like you had to deliver that book and they needed that big thump on the boardroom table to show that you had a successful month. Now my team is Canva decks. 
as our recaps and we're putting clips and we're putting in the links and it's here, click this and here's your oppression and here's your data value. As media houses are closing and publications went from weekly to monthly to quarterly, think about that. The value of their impressions on a physical print piece have significantly declined where a digital article has boomed. How many people do you know that had a subscription to, for example, like the New York Times that are now like, oh, I only get the Sunday issue. Oh, never mind. I get everything online. I pay my 20 bucks a month and I get everything served to me that way and I can digest it as I want. Yeah. So the forms of media completely shifted. Yeah. Print is phasing out. And some people still love the satisfaction, the old school mentality of the glossy, you know, I need to have that. But I'm like, I'd rather get you a digital story that's going to be shared and syndicated across multiple verticals. Yes. And then your impressions are through the roof and you've got millions of impressions now versus that one print publication may only be like 25K impressions. Same story. That's so true. I want to talk about if I'm a brand or a company or whatnot, and I'm like, oh, I really need PR. I really need PR. What are the questions I should be asking to find like the right agency? Because I've been a part of a lot of organizations and PR is always part of the conversation. But I feel like you go out there and you talk to so many different agencies. You're either educating them on who you are. So like for me, I've always thought, find one that is in your niche, because I would imagine there are agencies that are within the different niches. So that you don't have to like educate them in every single like weekly, bi-weekly meeting and whatnot. So what are the questions I should be asking if I want to implement PR as a strategy? There's a couple ways that I look in it. Number one, you have to have a genuine, real, upfront conversation and be prepared to be transparent about your business. There is nothing worse okay. than when we find a client and then we find out, oh, we have a lawsuit. Oh, we have pending litigation. <laughs> Oh, we didn't get approved for the patent. Oh, this investor is pulling out. So I think knowing that when you find a valued partner, transparency is key because we can't help you genuinely move the needle of your business and drive revenue if you're not telling the entire story. We can't put together a plan if you're hiding those. When you're on your search, it's be prepared. Like we're going to have to become an open book. And if you're not ready or who is the right spokesperson? Do we have a spokesperson within the organization that can speak about us confidently and clearly? Yeah. Or do we need to hire a spokesperson, media train them, message point, which is like where you see the celebrity and the influencer integrations come in. So there's the internal work that has to be done first to know that, yes, I'm ready to take this next step. Like, are you ready for your story to be told or your product? Such good advice as well, too. It seems like it would be a really obvious thing. I think there is this misconception that PR, like if I'm a fashion brand, I want to be on Vogue, let's get PR and they're going to get me there because just get me there, right? But I would imagine there's work that's leading up to it. So what would a brand do or what could a brand expect when they first hire a PR agency? And I am being transparent. So I am being transparent. This is where I want to go. I want to be on the cover of Vogue magazine, which a very pipe dream and it's not real. But is that the type of conversation I should be having? I'm transparent, but should I tell you what my end game is? And then you develop a plan to get me there. Is that typically the way it works or tell me? Yeah. Kickoff conversation for us is who's your dream publication? What publications do you hate or have they written poorly about you in the past? Or what editors have you had a negative experience about that has never reviewed your product? Like maybe you'd never actually sent them your product. They heard about it. They mentioned it and they didn't like it. So 
we need to go both ways and develop that path to get there. And I think it's every agency will tell you where their strengths and weaknesses are. Like I will always be very clear, which is why I've hired experts in several different verticals. There's some people you that they're like, they're just a beauty PR agency. They're just a CPG agency. They're just a hospitality. They're just tech. What I love to say for us is we are the extension. We have verticals because I do have an expert in each space that has that. Well, I think it's really important also if you feel like you need somebody who's in your geographic location, you want them to come to your office for meetings. You don't want to pay the travel. Finding somebody there. And now I think it's people are more open. Right? Like I was on a call yesterday with our clients in Israel. I'm not going to Israel every week, but I know what target market you're looking to drive revenue for and sit in the U.S. And I have team members there that can be physical present on the ground. So you have to ask the agencies, where are your relationships? Where do you see us? What do you think we can do? And what success have you had? I'm very specific on case studies need to be shown to prospective clients. You need to see our work. You need to see real-time work. So we're constantly updating our case studies. So it's not clips of, yeah, this was a great hit that we did something three years ago. What did you do last month? What is your end month recap for them? What are you seeing in real time? Because it's great to have had that New York Times, right? The Forbes 30 under 30 piece. Great to have it. But what are you doing now? How are you navigating this? How are you navigating real time? So I think it's asking for current updated decks, real time case studies. If you were to even throw an example, like send us what a pitch would look like. It's okay to ask for the work. Now, people aren't going to give you without some kind of deposit or signed NDA or anything like some kind of plan, but it's okay because if this person's going to truly PR is your arm, your spokesperson, you're talking, they are brand advocates for you. You have to feel that they truly are the right ambassador for you. And that makes sense. You said something about end of month recaps. I'd like to know what should be in my end of month recap, because one of the things that I think is a misconception is like, okay, it's the number of earned media spots I've received, which that is a metric, I'm sure of like, if I was quoted, I would imagine there's like a wait. So what do you think is like the best recap to show or prove out the success of your PR initiatives? Yeah, so our recaps are really strategic. We talk about all the work we did in the last month, plus we go forward thinking. So all of the pitches that we put together, here's the pitch that went out, didn't warrant any results, any or media is something scheduled. There's that piece. If we put a press release over the wire, so we tell you, like you paid for that to go over the wire, here's the pickup that's associated with it, the anticipated media value. So we always go, your traditional earned, any syndicated coverage, And then we also go forward thinking pitches like what's happening next month? What can you anticipate or expect from us? What media is scheduled? You know, what interviews are in there? So it really is that 360 perspective. What did we do? How did we do it? And what are we doing going forward? And in the what are we doing going forward? Because I would anticipate that my relationship with the PR agency of record, right, would be one that's kind of staying on top of the news. If I'm a beauty brand, you're the one that's telling me this is what people are talking about, not me telling you, hey, this is what I want to talk about. Or I don't know, is there a mix in between? Like, Is there a nice recipe for this? It's a happy hybrid is probably the right way to say it. So we look at all of our clients' strategic marketing calendars and we sit down like, What offers are you going to be sending out? What product are you highlighting? What product are you launching? Or what new retailers are you going to be featured in? Is there an Amazon special? Are you doing a talk shop live? Like what's happening in their cadence? PR loves a good hook. So we look at those holiday nights calendars, those bizarre holidays, those random days, you know, 
think it was last year, we were like, oh my God, National Waffle Day is coming out. And our client is Jordan Skinny Mixes, like pumpkin waffle syrup. And we're like, let's put a promo together on this. We ended up getting a place because a New York Times feature was doing a roundup, but it was like, they're doing a roundup of National Waffle Day. And what are all the offers that are happening? And it was like, Waffle House has this, IHOP has this. And we're like, here's Jordan Skinny Mixes and you can buy this product with this. So it's staying on top of what's coming up, what are trending in the month. Knowing that those crazy big holidays, the Valentine's Days, the Black Fries, we're typically pitching those anywhere from three to six months out ahead of time. So I always joke that like May, we're wrapping up and we're pitching summer. We're pitching back to school. That's how easy to think about that. So we have to look at long lead. We have to forward think. We have to project. We have to push our clients going, hey, listen, this is going to come up. Do you have your offers? What are you going to be focused on? What are you trying to push? What needs to resonate? All of it has to be buttoned up. So a lot of times I feel like we're almost driving the internal teams because we need those deliverables ahead of time. That makes sense. We talk about influencers and in the previous podcast, we had talked about the amplification of influencers and the balance of influencer and PR. Can you dive into a little bit of how do influencers work with PR efforts? It can be a simple as they're posting a picture and we're taking that picture that they're also posting in feed and pitching it out and trying to get it placed. So one of our clients, there's a story that I think it ran in, in OK yesterday. It was a photo of them on this scooter and we pitched that. Here was this scene on their Instagram. Here's how you can buy it and here's what the offer is. So we're extending the life of an influencer campaign. A lot of times when our talent team is negotiating that deal, they also will put in usage for PR services and amplification. Nice. Not just staying online. We want the ability to take that photo and go everywhere with it. Because, you know, depending on who your target audience is, they may not be on Instagram, right? If they're skewing older, they may be on Facebook. That's not going to post. But that talent may still resonate with them. We need to put it in all the publications that would see it. So it does go hand in hand. A lot of times the influencers are ambassadors and they're doing interviews. Another one of our children's place, Jim We've done campaigns now with Mandy Moore. Our talent team was able to secure Mandy for it. We then secured the interview with E! News that's broken now into three segments. Mandy has this whole social component. So it really is a 360 campaign and PRs amplify at each touch point. Yeah, that to me is the most fascinating things. And I think it undervalues influencers and the impact that both PR and influencers can make mm-hmm. when you connect them together, right? What I also really appreciate about your approach, and I've come to this conclusion based on our multiple conversations with one another, is that there is not anything that goes by. Like you do not leave any stone unturned, it seems. There could be potential here. There could be potential here. Maybe I could see it here. How fantastic for you to be really the agency of record for any brand that you have signed on. Because I think that's what you want. You want a partner that's going to be like, no, this is what I can do for you. There are the obvious things that you can do that I think everybody really wants to do. And then you've got someone that's like truly in it to win it. It sounds so cheesy, but it's so true. I don't know. I feel like you give off that energy. So I appreciate that. And I think that's authenticity, right? Like I will only represent clients and brands that I love and am passionate about and I get excited about. And I've been pitched things before and I've had to have a conversation with our CEO going, this is not a fit for us because if I can't get excited about it, I'm not gonna be able to get my team excited about it. It's like dating, right? Like you got to make sure you're finding the right fit. Do you like each other? Who's going to call next? What's the follow-up? 
but it's a relationship and it's a working relationship and it's a friendship. And that's why I say a lot of my clients have become such good friends because we have that ability to have real conversations. I can have the difficult conversations with them when they need to have it. I can have the matter of fact, hey, listen, here's what's happening in your competitive space. Or if you want to work with talent, here's who other people are working in that space. If you want to compete, I grew up in New Jersey and I say, it's like my filter. I'm going to be transparent. I can't sugarcoat things. I need to be matter of fact because I don't want to waste time. In marketing and PR, you cannot waste time. Time is your biggest enemy. You have to be the quick, innovative and moving fast. You have to be 10 steps ahead of everybody else to push through. Yeah. Oh, man. We could really talk forever on this. And I'm mindful of the time. And I have one final question for you. And if you knew then what you know now, what's the marketing advice that you give to yourself? Pay attention to everything and absorb it all. It's been a roller coaster. I never thought I was going to end up where I was. Once I started working, I went in-house for a little bit, saw that wasn't a fit for me. I bounced around to different agencies. You know, I relocated to the East Coast. And I needed to find my fit. And it's, I was staying super passionate, but I was always watching everything going on around me. Like I said, I was a client of Talent Resources for almost five years before. I saw how they worked. My current CEO, he will jokingly say I was the toughest client they ever had because I was like fighting for the budget, knew the talent I wanted, knew what I wanted out of it. I watched and observed absolutely everything and everything that they were doing. And then when it was time for me to think about making the move, I knew what I wanted and I knew where I wanted to go. And then I was able to evolve it. But it's you have to be hyper aware and put yourself out there. If you stay in this little shell, like you're going to miss things. I will go to events by myself because I want to hear lectures. I want to hear speakers. I want to see how brands are activating. What are they doing in that space? So it's take it all in. I think I was very lucky to be exposed and challenged. My first first PR job, my boss said, I'm firing the PR agency tomorrow. I need you to learn it. And I was not professionally trained in PR. So I sat down with some powerhouses who taught me the ins and outs of how to do it, what to do. So I think it's really, had I not been so observant of what other people were doing and how they were doing it, I don't think I would have been as successful. And I've been as personable and relatable because I've been in their shoes. I understand, you know, when media hangs the phone up on me because they don't want to talk to me because they're on deadline. They don't take it personal. That's my number one piece of advice. Watch everything trust your gut and be passionate about it because it's got me where I am. And I could say I genuinely love my job. I love my team. I love where our agency is going. Five years ago, I don't think I would have thought this is where I am and this is where I'm going to end up. It's been a ride. Like, I love it. That's great advice. I do think like if you try to set up your path and then it doesn't go your way, that's a whole other battle. Whereas your approach in your advice is really being open-minded. And I really really love that you said, I go to an event by myself. Like, don't be afraid of doing that. That's so key. So you don't know anybody. That's okay. There are tons of people that don't know each other. Everyone's just acting like they all know each other. We all just want to make a friend. That's really essentially what it is. So great advice to leave us with. I have absolutely enjoyed our conversation. I could probably talk to you for 30 more minutes down the PR rabbit hole, but I think that you left us with some really great nuggets and some tips on really how to leverage PR as part of your marketing strategy. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. I love this. I love our conversation. Same. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. What a great conversation with Bonnie. I wanted to share some 
takeaways from the episode. So for this episode, I have three key takeaways. Number one, despite the changes in the media landscape, the core of PR remains the same. And that's really building relationships that can be with reporters and editors so that you can effectively pitch stories that make their lives easier. While the tools and the methods have changed, for instance, there are no more fax machines. Yes, I've completely dated myself with that reference, but it's true. The value of relationship has grown to be even more important. Key takeaway number two, when looking for a PR agency, it's really going to be essential to be transparent about your business and its challenges, whether it's something not so comfortable like pending litigation or an uncertain future. You got to take the good with the bad. Only then can a PR agency create a plan that genuinely moves the needle for your business and drives revenue. Number three, a successful PR strategy is not just about getting your brand featured in high-profile publications like Vogue or the New York Times. It's about the work leading up to the moment, building a strong story and message and ensuring that you have the right spokesperson to deliver that message is key. Investing in these foundational pieces, brands can really position themselves for success. I would love to hear what nuggets of insights you walked away with from today's episode. Subscribe and follow on LinkedIn, YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to podcasts. A special thank you to my podcast producers, the amazing team at Content Allies. Let me know if you want any more information on them. I'm obsessed with them. Check out the episode page to learn more about Bonnie and how you can get in touch with me. Thanks so much for spending your time with me today. Until next time, may the conversation flow, the laughter linger, and the outlook remain optimistic, but grounded in reality. This is Katya signing off.